master teacher in the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. I want all of us to open our hearts, to open our minds, to tune up our ears to the message that Allah has prepared for us today through his servant, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Mas Mariam and Chicago, those of us who are visiting today from cities across this nation, will you join me as we receive the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Brothers and sisters, let us receive our beloved minister, our beloved teacher, a divine leader, a divine teacher, and a divine guide, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Help me to receive once again our brother and friend, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Allahu Akbar! Allahu Akbar! Allahu Akbar! Allahu Akbar! All praise is due to Allah. We give him praise and thanks for his mercy, his goodness, his guidance in the form of divine revelation that comes to us from the mouth of his prophets and messengers. We thank him for raising up among us one to lead, teach, and guide us to the straight path of God, the most honorable Elijah Muhammad. I greet all of you, my dear brothers and sisters, with the greeting words of peace. Assalamu alaikum. I would like to continue our series and I'm hoping that you can take it because it takes um, great strength to abide in wisdom we are a people that are used to foolishness And we don't enjoy being challenged to correct behavior that God is displeased with. So as long as the lecture does not disturb our conscience and allows us to enjoy something that tickles the ear but not raises the level of consciousness, sometimes those kind of lectures please us. But when you want to make people responsive to the call of God to be better than we are and to accept a responsibility that will make us great men and women you find that many may be called, but just a few 
get chosen. I hope that you won't be like that. Because Allah is completely independent of us. And it is good for us to learn and to grow and to have a clear criteria by which we can measure ourselves and measure others. So I'm going to briefly recap where we were last week and then move forward. Last week we talked about the coming of God to a specific people to accomplish a specific purpose. And these people, though living, are considered dead. We said last week that the Bible and the Holy Quran is not talking about people in a cemetery being raised by the blowing of a trumpet. But this actually refers to human beings that are spiritually dead in the grave of ignorance, hearing a truth that is like the sound of a trumpet. When a trumpet is blown, even if you want to sleep, it becomes a little difficult. The trumpet is called a brass instrument. And the sound of truth in the ear of a person spiritually dead would be like the brassy sound of a trumpet. But it will be a warning in that call and the trumpet will not sound forever. This specific purpose, when it is accomplished, will prove the presence of God in the world. He comes at the height of one nation's glory and at the time of the depth of another people's depravity or condition. And he raises one from the valley to the mountaintop and he lowers one that's on the mountaintop into the valley. This is a picture of the United States of America. America is the greatest nation on this earth, the most powerful nation on the earth. But 400 years ago, white people captured our fathers and brought us to these shores. And while America is at the height of her power, we are at the depth of a depraved condition the like of which has never been seen among us as a people. So God's coming is to America, believe it or let it alone. 
to take one people down and raise another people up. Now, we also mention that the coming of God is in the person of a human being. This is shocking because we have always thought that God was a spirit. Of course, God has spirit. All living things or life has spirit or energy. But we've never thought of God manifesting himself as one like us, but then unlike us. How could he not be what we are, yet make us in his image and after his likeness? So if we are made in the image and the likeness of God, God is like us and we are like him. He is our originator, but the difference is that he's supreme in knowledge, wisdom, understanding, and power. The difference is he has the power to make whatever his word is come to pass. He can't lie. Whatever he says, he only has to say be, and it is. Well, these books, Holy Quran and Bible, this book you read now is in English. But this is translated out of the original tongue. What was the original tongue? And if this is translated out of the original tongue, and it is called the King James Version, then who was King James? What kind of human being was King James? And is he qualified to look at the words of God and give us his version? Now you have been in enough trouble You have been in enough trouble to know that people can look at the same thing and see it differently. So if there's an accident and you see it and I see it, and then we are asked, what color was the automobile? Some might say it was blue. Some might say it was gray. Some might say it was a four-door. Others might say it was a coupe. Because emotion, condition, shock, all of that can damage perception. So my version of the accident may differ from your version of the accident. Therefore, there needs to be a judge to listen to the various versions and question 
to arrive at what are we going to accept as the truth or a truthful account of the accident. Well, here is a version. We have the Douay version, which is the Catholic Bible. We have the King James version. We have the Schofield Bible. We have many different Bibles, and each of them are translating out of the original tongue. But you and I, unfortunately, can't speak the original tongue. So we have to rely on these translators. The original tongue that the Bible or Torah and gospel was revealed in is Hebrew. Not Greek, Hebrew. We don't have the original script in Hebrew, so we're relying on King James and his version of what was said originally. Okay, now we have Quran which was revealed to Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, in Arabic. This is an Arabic Quran. This is a Hebrew Torah and Gospel, or Injil. I don't speak Arabic. I don't speak Hebrew. So I have to rely on a faithful translation. And I must understand that no translation, no matter how faithful, can adequately convey the beauty of the language of Hebrew and the language of Arabic. So, I need help in reading and understanding a translation by one who has a knowledge of the original language or one who is wise enough to give me a key so that when I read these books, I can make sense out of that which does not easily make sense. Now, some of these writers fix the book in such a way that the common man would never be able to read it and properly understand the message that God was trying to convey to us through the mouth of his prophet. I thank Allah for the Holy Quran and for those diligent scholars who studied the English language and tried their best to give a faithful account of Arabic and Hebrew. Something very interesting about both of these books. We're gonna, uh, we're gonna work with this today. Now, these two books are magnificent books.
thing I want to do tonight or to this afternoon is have a wonderful classroom. from the teachings of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad that I want you to reason with. Now, before I get into these two books, I want to just talk a minute about reason. Reason. See, the thing that separates the human being from the vile beast of the field is our ability to reason. If you feel threatened, reason begins to diminish. If you feel anger, reason begins to diminish. But the things that make human beings human and divine is our ability to reason with one another on the basis of truth and perception of truth so that we can reconcile differences and be of one accord. If two people start arguing, as husbands and wives do, brothers and sisters do, friends do, if the argument is filled with ego, because I think I'm right, you think you're right, so we throw down. We're not going to get too much out of that one. Because if I think I'm right, I'm not even listening to you. So our inability to listen, because our hearts are on fire with the emotion of anger, or false pride. How dare you challenge what I believe or challenge my idea, concept of truth. So that means that we are not able to reason. Paul, in his arguments with the Jews of that day, said, come, let us reason and I would advise each of us if we are angry with one another table the discussion wait until anger subsides then reason can come up and you'll be able to see the other person's point of view and hopefully the other person will see your point of view, then gradually you can reconcile the view. Do you follow me? Now what I want to do today is not to threaten anyone's belief system, but just to talk to us to see if we can reason together on truth. The Bible starts with the first five books of a man called Moses. And Moses starts talking 
although he's a liberator, he starts talking about in the beginning. God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And God said, let there be light. Now, who was Moses talking to? Here's a man that came to free some slaves. And the first book of the Bible is called Genesis. Genesis. And in the word Genesis, you have the word gene. Not Eugene, but gene. G-E-N-E. Which has to do with the base or the beginning or the birth of something. Now, all of us that are here had to be born. There was a time when we were confined in a tiny little house called Moon, in darkness. Those of you mothers who have carried your babies to term, you know that time does not stop for that that is growing in your womb at conception. Your first trimester, your second trimester, your third trimester, once the baby comes out of darkness into life, you call that the birth date. On such and such a day, Baby so-and-so was birthed into the world. That's a genesis. That's a beginning. That's the birth of. Moses, the first book of the Bible is called Genesis. Yet Moses was coming to a people who were confined, who were enslaved, who were ignorant, who were in darkness, who had no genesis. Your genesis is not in the time of your mother. Time begins for you when you are free from your mother. Okay? Now listen. Time begins for a people who are in bondage when they are freed from their oppressor and their captor. So since Moses was a liberator, he started talking about creation. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void. What are you saying, Moses? Just as God created light out of darkness, and there was a void, and yet he created earth and heaven out of a void. The children of Israel had been voided as captive under Pharaoh. And you have been voided as a captive under white America. And when you got a check that is marked void, 
I don't care what the denomination says on the check. When void is across it, it's no value at all. So what Moses is saying to the children of Israel, as the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. When I was raised among you, you were without form, you were void, and darkness was upon the face of your consciousness. But when God said, let there be light, let there be the introduction of knowledge, he raised me and gave me light to give to a people that walked in darkness. All praises be to Allah. So now, as we look at this beautiful book called Bible, which Master Farad Muhammad lovingly called the poison book. not out of hate, but lovingly. This is a poison book. Well, what is medicine? It's poison. Take too much of it to kill you. But if it's prescribed in the right dosage by a competent doctor, administered by a competent nurse, then the poison becomes medicine that will bring about a good result. But when you take poison without understanding, then something happens to you psychologically, emotionally, mentally. When we open the Bible, in this book called Genesis, God is doing all these acts of creation. Then when it gets to the 26th verse of the first chapter, when he's thinking about making man, he said, let us make man. But Moses declared, know that the Lord, your God, is one God. Well, if the Lord, your God, is one, and God said, let us make man, who is the us here? Well, the Holy Quran says, and we made man. And we know what his mind suggests to him. So you have us in the Bible, we in the Holy Quran, yet both the Bible and the Quran declare that God is one. Who is us? Who is we? If God is one. Now the beauty of these languages, of the Semitic languages of Hebrew and uh, Arabic, these are mathematically precise languages. So if God is the revealer of the word, 
and he knows this book better than anyone else, it would seem to me that if he said we, which is a pronoun that talks about groups of persons either in the same room, in the same condition, or for the same cause, us, a group of people that have one thing in mind, making a man, Let us look at this we and this us. No, neither we or us denies the oneness of God. Allah is alone, singular supreme and above his creation but when we are in obedience to him acting on his will then the pronoun we is proper and it's still one person acting it is God acting through those of us who surrender our will to do his will so we become Allah. I'm going to say that again. See, when you say that as a Christian, you are the body of Christ. The body, this is your body, this is my body. But my body cannot function without a head. So if this is the body of Christ, and Christ is, is called Christ because he has the anointing of the wisdom, the power, the spirit of God. So then when my arms act, and my feet walk, and my tongue speaks, it is not I walking. It is not I talking. It is God talking through those who surrender to do his will. All praises due to Allah. So the many become one. And since Christ is supreme, except to God. If we are the body of Christ, we are the supreme being. If we are in complete surrender to Allah, we become Allah, we become the supreme being. The highest manifestation of human behavior. Supreme. God, we, us, yet Allah is one, indivisible, independent. Y'all right? Now, this book, Bible, 
is called scripture. We have Torah, we have Injil or Gospel, we have Quran. These are called scripture. Even though Quran is called Al-Kitab, the book, these two books only deal with 6,000 years of history. But with references to eons of time. But the focus of these two books is Adam, the first Adam, the second Adam, a world of evil coming in and a world of evil being destroyed and a new world coming in and the Bible ends. Here's the Holy Quran. You have a prayer that opens this book called Al-Fatiha. Wonderful. Seven ayat or verses. The oft-repeated prayer of the Muslims, Al-Fatiha. And the root of that word, Fatiha, is mispath. And mispath means key. So these seven verses, understood, gives you the key to unlock the knowledge that follows the Al-Fatiha. Uh-huh. Now, this, the second chapter of this book called Al-Baqarah, The Cow, it is in that second chapter that Adam is introduced. So both books in the beginning start with Adam. And both books tell us that Adam was a powerful being. But he messed up. Are you all right? Now, I want to get into that today. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad taught us that since these two books deal with a limited time, 6,000 years, from the time of Adam to the time of the coming of God and the end of the present world, we have 6,000 years entering into the seventh thousand years and the end of the six thousand years is over with a great destruction of the present world. Mm-hmm. Now, <clears throat> boy, that was an interesting trumpet, wasn't it? <laughs> Somebody must have been going to sleep, though. So- We had to sound the trumpet and wake them up. (laughs) Just just a little laugh. Last week, if you recall, we mentioned that in the Revelation, the book of Revelation, you have the talk of 
24 elders. And these elders are very powerful beings. The Holy Quran does not use the term elder. The Holy Quran uses the term the exalted assembly. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad taught us, and I have to say this because what the whole idea of these series of lectures is designed to get you to do is to reason with what Elijah Muhammad taught and answer the question, is it revelation? And if it is revelation, then the light of God has passed out of the east and is now coming to birth in the west. Which means that the scepter of rulership is being taken out of the east and is being placed in the hands of those to whom revelation is given. Now you may not want to believe this, but if a black man from among us has received revelation from the Lord of the world. This is saying that the white man's time of rule of us and the world is all over with. And your time, your time is to begin. You have been voided. You are not yet making history. You are inside the womb of America like a baby is in the womb of its mother. You are functioning off of his system, feeding from his system, trying to develop a system of your own. Huh? But as you begin to evolve, it is not until you are free from him that your genesis will begin. And this is why Moses is given in both Bible and Quran as the main man, that the last man would be a man like unto Moses. Why? Because you are a people like Moses' people. You and I are people that walk in darkness. We're without form. We have been made void. Anything that is voided has no value. You throw it away, you cut it up, you burn it up, or you put it somewhere where you can look at a check that had a big number on it that you were never able to cash because the doggone thing got voided. Well, now that's the way they keep you around. You're a black man that doesn't have any value. So when they want to move you, they move you. When they want to kill you, they kill you. When they want to beat you, they beat you. 
when they want to raise you, they raise you. But always it's when they want And it is only after you press and press and press that they give. Like a baby growing in the womb. Mama may not want to give an inch. But the baby may twist and kick the foot and let it kick your nerve and your legs go out from under you. You didn't mean to lose your balance. But it's that which is in you moving that is messing up your balance. So it is with you today. You're moving inside the womb of America. You're not yet free yet. But your movement is causing trouble inside the womb, inside the nation. And the white man is feeling the movement of the black man because life is now coming into you. And it's only a matter of time before we will all be free. Now, I asked you a question last week. Why are you black? Are you black? Because you're cut. What happened to you that you are black? Some of you have awakened and looked in the mirror at your black face and your hair and your lips and you wonder to yourself, why couldn't I have come into the world white? Why did I have to be black? Next Sunday, the white people are going to talk about the real look of Jesus. Not that they didn't know how he looked, but they didn't want you to know how he looked. So next week, they're going to show him with an olive color. And looked like he got a little, uh, you know, a little uh, breadlock or something. Now, when you see that picture, you may say, oh, that is my Jesus. White folk will be saying the same thing. Don't come to me with that. Because that means the niggas that I've been persecuting look like the man that I've been telling them that is the greatest human being that ever lived and now the greatest human being is a nigga well now that 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 kind of messes things up so they're going to approach the subject real funny maybe next week which is Easter Sunday you might want to rise from your grave and uh, look at yourself in a better light than the way you see yourself right now. In fact, we're not going to wait till next Sunday. We're going to do that right now.
Bible says, in the beginning. It don't tell you when that beginning was. But it's letting you know there was a beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. So darkness preceded light. Now let's take a look into this darkness. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad says that the darkness that we see now is not real. When the night comes, you're in the dark. But it's not real darkness. How do you know? Because the minute the light comes, the darkness goes. Where did it go? It vanished. Why? Because it wasn't real in the beginning. The thing that is real is what produced the darkness. Now you go out there today, the sun is shining. I hope to let you out in time while the sun is still shining. But if you go out and stand and let the sun strike you, When the sun strikes you, if you are facing east, if you face the east, the sun striking your body will send a shadow toward the west. So when you look at the shadow, you see this dark thing following you. But that which is following you is not real. What is real is you. What is real is the sun. And as the sun strikes you and you block that sun, you produce what is called darkness or shadow. So the earth, when one side is in the light of the sun, the other side is in the shadow of the earth. And when you're in the shadow of the earth, you call that night. But the darkness is not real. It's produced by the motion of the earth in relationship to the sun. But what kind of darkness was that when there was no sun? There was no moon. There was no star. That's the darkness that is beyond the diameter of sunlight at the wall of the universe where light does not go beyond it there is darkness but that darkness is not a shadow that darkness is real so when they talk about a black hole they're not talking about some unreal shadow they're talking about real darkness. Real darkness contains a power. Ah.
power out there that is always bringing new objects into view. Stars are dying, stars are being born. And that power that is out there is bringing new objects out of darkness that is real into light. The darkness of the womb. That's not a shadow, baby. That's real darkness. The Holy Quran calls it triple darkness. It's layers of darkness, but in that darkness is the power to create light. In that darkness, there's the germ of light. That's why any believer in God, no matter how dark the day seems, no matter how dark the trouble is that you think you're in, yet in that darkness, there's light and there's life if you hold on and don't let the darkness overtake you till your mind becomes as dark as the darkness that envelops you. The power of darkness is that it can create you after itself. I'm going to say it again. Sometimes you get in a bad spirit. We may call it liken it to darkness. A gloom comes over the mind because of a thought that we are thinking, real or imagined. And then that thought begins to reflect itself in our skin. It begins to reflect itself in our posture. Shoulders begin to droop. You don't feel good. Say, what's the matter? I don't feel. What happened to you? A thought that's in my brain that is remaking me according to the darkness of that thought. So now I've become as dark and as gloomy as what is in my mind. So it is with the real darkness that was in existence before there was light. Honorable Elijah Muhammad said to us that an atom sparkled in the darkness. And God began to create himself. He said, out of the material of the darkness. So what he's telling us is that matter was there. But the matter was doing nothing. It had no form. It had no aim. It had no purpose. Until
till an atom sparkles in the darkness. Look at you. Said you are created in his image and after his likeness. How did you stop from a tiny life germ that with the naked eye, the one that impregnated the egg, you can't see it with your eye. That's how infinitesimally small that sperm was. That's how infinitesimally small the egg was. But that sperm with a little tail and a head had some intelligence in it because it knew where it wanted to go and it knew what it wanted to do in the dark. In the dark, that sperm found the egg and the first cell of life began in darkness. But the cell had a light of itself, electricity inside the cell, a neutron, a proton, and an electron. The cell of life was like an atom. The light of itself caused it to stop rotating around the light of itself. And it began breaking down and building up. We don't know how long it took for brains to form in the darkness. <laughs> but the first thing that forms when a baby is conceived in the womb is not the tail. The first thing that forms is what? And it is the head that calls the arms the feet into existence, the organs into existence come from the head. But when you didn't even have heart, before you could think, there was an intelligence working in you that is the light of God. The power of God, even before the growth of intelligence in the dark, we were being fashioned out of a tiny life germ, firm mixed with over, and we were called into existence by what was in that tiny sperm, the head of it. At the end of we came forth knowing nothing, but with a capacity to learn.
to win the Holy Quran. In Surah 112 says, He neither beget, nor is he begotten. The first God was the originator of himself. He was not begotten. And the one that comes in the end does not beget. He don't need a son from his loins. He produces a nation from the wisdom of his mouth. I want you to think with me. Now, beloved, he fashioned himself out of darkness. So we learn how environment can influence heredity. So we have to be careful what environment we put ourselves in because no matter what is in you, a good if you're in the wrong environment. That environment can affect the good that is in you and turn you into itself. Are you all right? Now, I want to go to the board a minute. Yeah, that's my, my work today, Chief. I want to share revelation with you so that we can reason together on who this man, Master Farad Muhammad was, that came among us and taught the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. See, if that man ain't what we say he is, then Elijah Muhammad can't be who we say he is. Then we are not who we think we are, and we can take that which Master Farad Muhammad taught and throw it all away. Throw the teaching of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad away, like some of you did. Oh, pardon me, like some of us did. But I know the effect of what happened to me.
you black because you took your color out of the darkness out of which the first light came since we agree that environment influences heredity if the real darkness before there was sunlight had matter in it that was real how then could the god make himself up in darkness and come out white talk to me If he made himself up out of darkness and the darkness covered him then the god who originated the heavens and the earth is a black god Now you don't like that So you've been taught to worship white folks But now we're going to get a lesson today that I want you to think about. And all of you that have knowledge, all of you that been to college, all of you that have studied, let's study together today. Who is the original man? What is the meaning of original? Let me see what my little definition here says. got to call Mr. Webster. Webby. What do you say original means, Mr. Webster? Belonging or pertaining to the origin, origin or beginning of something. Arising or proceeding independently of anything else. Since God is self-created, he arises independent of anything else, and that's why as Pharisee has said, that's why as Pharisee has said, Allah is he of whom nothing is independent, but upon whom we all depend. So the first God that originated himself causes us to be dependent on him. That's why he's called Jehovah. He's the self-existent God. And he's the God by whom all things exist or subsist. So without the original man we would not be here so there was some beginning done after he created himself honorable Elijah Muhammad said the first thing he did was study himself and in himself he saw another being another creature in himself he saw somebody else 
and he brought her into existence from himself. The first act of creation of God is not the sun, not the moon, not the star. His first act of creation was her. Woman, the second self of God. You're a powerful creature, sister. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You're powerful, but you messed up. Like us. We're powerful too, but we all messed up. But we're going to get it right. Look at this, sister. Have you ever watched a flower unfolds. One day, I happened to be looking at it and studying it. And I saw this stem, and the flower was closed, and then I watched it slowly stretch itself. And then I said, mm, that must have been painful. Now, we don't ever think that plant life can feel. But if it's life, it can feel. Plant is you, your flesh is the plant life of the earth. Your bone is the stone of the earth. Your blood is the water of the earth. So just as you unfold, huh? you in the womb stretch. Look at the baby when it comes out. It looked like hell because it's in pain. It's been forming and now it's forcing itself with its little head against your pelvis, driving itself into the world. And when it comes, it's all wrinkled up. Black and blue. Fought like hell to get here. A lot of pain in Genesis. A lot of pain in birth. A lot of pain to grow from where you are into where God wants us to be. So I can imagine what the original man went through just coming into existence. So when he created something from himself, he created her with a nature to console him. You can't get away from what you are. You might want to be this old hard hammer.
But you not a woman until you relate well to a man. I don't give a damn, excuse me, I don't give a care. I'm gonna try to behave myself today. I don't care what profession you're in. There is no profession that gives you more joy than when you've got a loving relationship with a man that satisfies your mind, your heart, and your longing. When a man does that to you, all you want to do is serve. How do you serve him, sis? Get in some hot water, baby, so I can scrub you down, honey. Look at all them scales on your feet. Let me, let me, let me fix your foot, baby. Now turn the lights down low and light a candle. Let's set the right mood here. You can't help yourself, sister. You're made that way. But the hurting thing is when you give yourself to a no good bum that don't know how to treat a woman who is willing to give him everything of herself. And he crushes her. So when he made Adam, he gave Adam a woman, and he said it ain't right that the man should be alone. He should have companionship. Not Adam and Steve. But Adam and Eve. Now, this original man of any dispensation is referred to under the name Adam. Some of the scholars of Islam say there may be about 50,000 Adams. I wonder where they got that from. but let's entertain the thought. If from my deportation from moon, it is 66 trillion years. I'll get into this, but not today. If you divide the history that we make called Bible or Quran, which we make to equal the circumference of our home. The earth is 
24,896 miles in circumference, nearly 25,000 miles. So we write history, Bible, or Quran, the revelation to the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, to equal our home circumference. A year for every mile. So when we write history, we write it to last for 25,000 years. And the first man of that cycle is the God or the original man of that cycle or the Adam of that cycle. He can't borrow the wisdom of the previous cycle, but he builds on that wisdom with a new wisdom. Are you listening? Now, when it's time for a portion of that history to be given, he said there are 24 scientists. He called them scientists. These are gods. 23 of them actually do the writing. The 24th one acts as a judge. He said the 23 is in accord with the hours of our day. Not quite 24 hours. 23 hours, 56 minutes, 46 seconds in accord with the way the planet leans. 23 degrees, 30 minutes to the plane of its orbit. So 23 of these scientists go out and make the history. How does the black man write history? We don't write it after we do it. The original man writes history before he does it then walk into the history that he has written. How do you write history 25,000 years in advance? What kind of mind must you have to write history? Let me get this handkerchief because I'm beginning to perspire out a little bit. I'm having a good time. I don't know about you. <laughs> Look at this. If you can see this pen, it's one, right? Multiply it in your mind. Can you see two? Just by looking at one, you can see two. Can you see three? Can you see four? As long as you can see one, you can multiply one and see what is not yet in existence, then bring it. Listen, 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 listen. These men can tune in on our thinking. Now thought, shape, matter. 
Have you ever seen a homosexual? Wait a minute. I'm not trying to be smart. But anytime a man wants to be a woman, RuPaul, have you heard of RuPaul? He's a very famous man woman. Now, brother, RuPaul could fool you. If you're looking for a pretty, shapely woman, RuPaul could fool you up to a certain time. <laughs> the point I'm making is as a man take care in his heart your thought can reshape you you want to be a woman thinking about being a woman love acting like a woman then pretty soon your face will start changing you get that soft look that sweet look I don't give a damn how soft and sweet you get you'll never be able to be a woman you'll never be able to be the second self of God You'll never be able to give to a man what a real woman could give. And a real woman, never, 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 never. So you can forget it, man. And you can forget it too, sister, they want to play man. did you have with a man that made you so fed up with a man that now you want to be the thing that you fed up with? Uh, that don't make sense. Man. I haven't got this. So you're going to start thinking like a man, which you can't do. Nature didn't give it to you. Okay, let's say you, you start trying to think like a man. I'm, I'm a man. Go to the gym and build up your muscles. Start getting that funny look in your face like a man. Then you start going after some soft-looking sister. That will be your your woman. Yeah, well, you know, we're all sick. We're all sick. Because we've been living under Satan. You can't live under Satan and be well. So, what I'm getting at, and I know, if you multiply 25 into 66 trillion, 
you will get the number of atoms that have been in the world since the deportation of moon. Now, let's not go back that far yet. Let's deal with the time that we are in. Because this Bible and this Quran deals with a specific 6,000 year period. I want you to raise that board for me, brother, please. I'll be coming back down. Now, do you know why you black? Why are you black, brother? Because you are a direct descendant of the originator of the heavens and the earth. You are the people of God. You have so much in you from the originator. All you need is a proper environment. And that environment will bring out of you what is in you from the originator. You are little God. Not worthy of worship. Only Allah is worthy of worship. But you are little God. Now to my Muslim family, I want to say You might think that this is really erroneous teaching. Because you really don't see how God can operate in a man. And I appoint you again the Quran and the making of Adam. He's called the vicegerent of God. And the term in Arabic is Khalifa. Khalifa. And that means one who stands in the place of another as a successor. So if man is able, or Adam was able to stand in the place of Allah as a successor, then God had put in Adam whatever Adam needed to stand in his place. Something wrong Because the Adam that we are talking about didn't bring in a civilization of righteousness. Now let's go to the board again. Y'all bear with me because I, I, I don't think I can get over everything that I got here. But I'm going to deal with it. Now, everything in this universe is based on atoms. You can break down everything that you see. It breaks down to atoms. Is that right? So the basic, we say, unit of everything in creation is the atom. And you can break the atom down even further, but the atom is the basic unit 
that everything in this universe is built on, okay? So if we look at the word atom, all um, Semitic languages deal with the phonetic, the, um, the consonant, rather than the vowel. So you have A here and O, you can cancel that out. But the T and the M are important. Because in language, sometimes the D is interchangeable with the T. So if you have an A here, a D, and you put another vowel A there, and an M, you have Adam. When you break down the atom, it is the beginning of everything, and Adam is the genesis of a cycle of history that starts from whatever is in him. Since Adam is the original man of a cycle of history, then whatever comes up in that cycle is found in Adam. Now, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad says, in the 16,000 year of our history, with 10,000 more to go in this cycle, the 24 scientists, 23 of them went out to listen to the thinking of the people, and they said 70% were satisfied with the civilization. 30% were dissatisfied. And whenever you have dissatisfaction, it brings about a change. Now, one thing I gotta say about Allah, He experiments with things. Why does He experiment? and allows experimentation because it is through experimentation that we grow in knowledge. The most profound of all knowledge is the knowledge of God and the knowledge of self. So the most profound experiments have been on the God himself, on the man on the human being. When these men went out and heard the thinking of the people, you know that thought produces action. Thought produces events. Thought produces circumstances. Circumstances produce people after that circumstance, and those circumstances produce events. Men rise to the event creating another circumstance. So what you have in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation is a man coming, a family coming, circumstances arising, 
giving rise to events, giving rise to people who are shaped by the events of their time. So the scientists wrote the history. And look, this is what they saw. They saw that in the year 8,400 of the present uh, 25,000 year history, in the year 8,400, they saw a man coming. Out of the 30% dissatisfied, who was born to produce a change. Now what I want to say to all of us, Allah is the only reality. So all men of knowledge are agents of God's will, willingly or unwillingly. So if the Quran says that Allah gave to man his hue and his color, how? Uh, did Allah say abracadabra, a kazam boom, and people got color? If you were made out of blackness, black is not a color. Black is the origin of color. All color comes out of this. Wait. They saw a man being born. His name in Arabic was Yakum. And the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that Allah revealed to him that this man was going to bring in a new civilization. Yaqub had an exceptionally large head. Nothing strange. Some of us got very big heads too. That, that don't make you nothing great, you know. But that was a characteristic of Yaqub. He was born 20 miles outside of the city of Mecca. So when Habakkuk said God came from T-Man and the Holy One from Mount Paran, both of them is in Arabia. But here's a man that's playing in the, the earth with two pieces of metal. He's six years old. And he starts playing with these two pieces of metal and one of them was magnetic. And he saw that one that had a magnetic power draw the other piece of metal to itself. And he told his uncle, when I grow up, I'm gonna make me a people that will rule you. So the Holy Quran says, and what will you make other than that which will create mischief and cause the shedding of blood? And Allah said, I know what you know not. Here's a six-year-old coming into the knowledge of his destiny.
have trouble now with our young children. They're not bad children. The school wants to make you believe they're a disciplinary problem. So they want to dope the children up with Ritalin and all kind of drugs because they say the children are disciplinary problems. See, here's the problem. The problem is that the white people know that your time has come. The problem is that they know that God has been among you. Therefore, your womb, sister, has been blessed. And your babies are coming forth, moving when they first come out of the womb, looking around like they, where am I? Uh -huh. Talk to me about your baby. How alert they are. How wide awake they are. How fast they learn. The teachers can't keep up with these young boys and girls. Nothing that I learned in psychology prepared me to deal with these children. So you can be a teacher, but you're out of date. I don't care what you think you know. You're out of date. Sorry about that. I don't give a damn if you got a doctorate degree. You got a doctorate degree in that which will not make you function today. You need another degree from another doctor. And I believe I may be that doctor. Now I want you to listen, educators. I'm talking to the educators. I don't ever want to see you get proud of what the white man gives you called education. I don't give a damn if he says it's a PhD. It will not allow you to raise your people up where God wants them to go. The white man will never give you that kind of knowledge. That knowledge got to come from God to you. I know some children that have seen their destiny at six years old. I know some children that know at six what their life is going to be. Sometimes you ought to just be quiet and listen to some of the things coming out of the mouth of your children. Listen, brother. In order for us to take over the rulership, the children have to come from her womb greater than they've ever come before. White folk know this. So they want to destroy your male children 
before they can get up and start exercising what God has already put in them. That's why you've got to be careful where you put your voice. And just as careful where you put your girl. The public school is a sham. That's a slaughterhouse. I know if you've made it in this world, here's what you say. Children, we want you to stay in school. Stay in school for what? So you can get education. What kind of education? An education that allows your master He'll be your master. After he's given you the degree, he's still your master. You mean to tell me the education that you've got has not freed you from the grip of your former slave master and his children? Think about it. White man ain't never gonna give you education that will free you from him. What you got is training you how to fit into a world that is not your world. It's his world. Yaku at six knew what he was gonna do. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that at the age of 18, he had finished all the schools of his day. Let's look at 18. If you divide 18 by three, you get six. So in 18, you have three sixes. And if you count the number of the beasts, in the book of Revelation, it says count the number of the beast, for the number of the beast is the number of a man. 634, which is 60 and 6. So the mark and the number of the beast is 666. And the number of the man is the same. So Allah says of us, the original people, that Allah created the heavens and the earth in six periods of time so that's our number but the beast is made on our number why is he made on our number he can't be made on nothing else we the original six 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 is the one that has begun to revolve Six is the one that has started to revolve. The original man started revolving in the darkness. Huh? Six is God's number. Six is man's number. Six is the beast number.
So you've got 18. He's 18 years of age. And he's gone through all the schools of his day. When do they start you in school in kindergarten? At what age? Six. What you doing at six? As he was playing with steel at six, you in the kindergarten playing little games of how to fit a square into a square and a circle into a circle and kind of, come on now, Johnny. Just hear how you do this, Johnny. Yeah, Johnny. You could have done that at a year and a half. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said the process of learning begins as soon as you can train the baby to pot. You should take Islam or truth and put it in a baby bottle and start teaching the baby. What does he mean, put it in a baby bottle? Take the most profound truth and put it in simple terms. The babies can grasp it, brother. It's you that got to learn it because if you don't learn the wisdom of the time, that's why you're losing your children. Because you cannot feed them. They don't want to feed from your mouth. And you talking all the stupidness of the white man in his world. Your children look at you, they can't wait to get the hell away from you so they can go out in the street and hang out with their best dog. And you wondering what's wrong with your children. Hell no, it's what's wrong with you. That's what's wrong with your children. You of an old world. Your children are born for a new world, but you don't know how to help bring in the new world so your children are running away from you. You born under the white man. Some of you in love with him and his way of civilization. So you're a silly mother, silly father. You want to bring your children up in the way of the white man to make your children pleasing to white folks. Your children trying to get the hell away from that. That's why they're hip-hop generation. That's why they're rapping today. You don't understand what they're doing. I don't either, brother, but it's, it's all right. <laughs> Look. When I was a young boy, 150 years ago, I used to sing Calypso. And the art of Calypso singing is you make up rhymes on the spot. It's called improvisation. But you sing And I wonder what was her sentiment. I saw the lady in she garment, but I wonder what was she sentiment. She looking at me with she eye big, and I wonder if she think I man or a pig. I don't know what the woman thinking, but I wonder had the woman been drinking. Why you drinking? I wanna run Coca Cola. No, wait, wait. 
I'm, I'm not trying to entertain. I'm not trying to do that. But what I'm saying is, do you know the kind of skill it takes for a young boy to get up and rap like these children are doing and rhyme like they're rhyming and get that rhythm? Like, man, that is the high form of mathematics. Our children are gone and we got to catch up to where they are. Put some wisdom there and let them rap the wisdom of God. about to tie this up. Look. The Bible says, let us make man in our image. You are the original. Who is the white man? He's the man made in our image and after our likeness. He's a new man on our planet. Where did he come from? You don't want to believe it. But he came from you. You his father. You his mother. And Moses told us, honor your mother and your father that your days may be long. There wouldn't be no white person if there was no black person because two white people can't produce you. Two white people can't produce yellow. So it had to be you to bring brown, yellow, and white on the planet. That's how color began. Now, Are they saying it? They're only bearing witness to what Elijah Muhammad taught us that Master Farad revealed to him. Now, how did the white man come here? Let's get into the science of this. Give me my Bible. Give me the Bible. Let us make man after our image and likeness. Okay? Let's look at that. Now, after you make the man, he said in the fifth chapter of Genesis, it says, this is the book of the generations of Adam. In the day that God created man, in the likeness of God made he him. Male and female created he them and blessed them and called their name Adam. So Adam is not an individual here. Adam is the beginning of a race of people, male and female. Now look at this. Okay. You, you understand this now, right? Erase this, son, please. Now, here you have Adam, an Adamic race of people. It's a new people now, 
with a new wisdom that's going to bring in a new way of civilization. Now, you have the Adamic race. And you have the pre-Adamite. That means that there were people on the earth before Adam. And the pre-Adamite is the us out of which Adam came. And they're called Ab Origins. You look this up. Oh, I mean, this is to get you to do some studying now. They were pre-Adamite human beings on the earth before Adam. If Adam was only one person, Eve was one person, Cain was one person, Abel was one person, Cain slew Abel, then Cain goes into the land of Nod, and he finds him a woman in the land of Nod, where she come from? What family was she a part of? Aboriginal means from or away from the origin or the beginning. You are the Aboriginal people of the earth. You could never be a citizen of the United States according to the definition of what an American is. In Message to the Black Man, written by the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, when the Honorable Elijah Muhammad was teaching, they had a House Un-American Activities Commission that was studying us as being un-American. And the Honorable Elijah Muhammad defended us by showing them from their dictionary what an American is. And if you look at the seal out of which came this e pluribus unum, it was all Europeans that started the six or the 13 colonies. So the, the old definition of a citizen or an American is from European extraction, not one of the aboriginal people of the earth. So he didn't bring you here to make you a citizen. That's why you don't have the rights of a citizen now. He brought you here to make you a slave. And now the biggest deceit of all is for him to make you safe now. That he gave you the right to vote and ah, this and that, and you're a citizen now. Whenever he gets ready to show you who you really are, you begin to understand. Get beat up by the police. Go to court and see what they tell you, how they make you know who you are. Go down to Cook County State and see our people all lined up in the prison house for things they didn't do and for infractions that they did do. But they have no justice. You all know what I'm talking about. 
So if you are equal citizen, you should be treated equally to all the other citizens. You know better than that. That's the biggest deceit of all is to deceive you and make you think you're an American. Oh, brother and sister, you'll never be an American. You'll never have the equal rights of the whites of America, not unless you become the power. All right, let's look at this now. This Adam started a dysfunctional family. Have you ever heard the Catholics talk about original sin? Are there any Catholics in the house? Don't be bashful. Yes, sir. Thank you, brother. Many times, when you listen to them, they say that man is originally sinful. He has a leaning towards sin. And the only way man can become perfect is by the intervention of God and the grace of God. But man is naturally inclined to sin. Yeah, but what man? See, you're the original. You're not naturally inclined to sin. You are naturally inclined to God. And if you were in the right environment, you would be more godly than you are. But even in your spirit, as crazy as you are, you're God-fearing. I watch these award shows, you know. The sister come out half naked with a cross on. I thank you that so glad that I won, but giving all honor to the Lord Jesus Christ, Without him, I would never be here. The brother come out bling blinging. And, and he say, yo, I'm glad I won this. You know what I'm saying? But I thank my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You know what I'm saying? He sure was with me when we won this fight. His pants hanging down off his backside. He, he got gold and diamonds bling blinging everywhere. And, but the first thing that come out of his mouth is God. You go listen to the, the white at the Oscar. If they say God, it's a miracle. I want to thank my producers. I want to thank uh, Joe Shapiro and... Harry Schwartz and so-and-so, I thank you. And I want to thank my wife who stood by me all these years. But what about God? Well, well, who the hell is he? He wasn't in this. You don't ever hear them praising God like you. In your madness, you praise him. You know why? Because you're the people of God. The real people of God. All right, class is almost over. 
Now, brother, God is something. He wanted to test himself. So he allowed a contrary world from a contrary man to rule for a season. This is the time of faith. Now I want you to think about this. You hear white folks talking to you and, and you talking with them. We are all God's children. See, that's the game. They know better. I was out one day in Florida just before the Million Family March and I was teaching in Miami and a great basketball player, a friend of my son was down there and he took us out on a yacht and there was a Caucasian lady on the yacht and of course she knew who I was and she said, well, we are all we're all from the same God. And uh, not necessarily so. I, I can't let you get away with that. You know I mean? okay. So we're all from the same God. I said, we all have the potential. I said, but the devil got children too. And we have to determine whose child we are by examining our actions. Now, you ready for this? In the book of John, got a Bible, you can get it out. Eighth chapter. Beginning at the 31st verse. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, Listen to Jesus. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. They answered him, and listen to their answer. We be Abraham's seed. And were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, you shall be made free? Jesus answered them, saying, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committed sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth forever. Whoa. That's heavy drama there. Now let's get at the root meaning here. Do you remember? That sounds like a song, doesn't it? Do you remember? The parable of the wicked husbandman. Jesus made a parable that the vineyard 
was let out into the hands of some wicked husbands. Do you remember the parable? And it says, every now and then, he would send someone into the vineyard to check on the fruit of the vineyard. And some they beat, some they imprisoned. Then he sent his son in. And his son, they killed. So Jesus asked the Jews, what will the master do to those wicked husbandmen on his coming? And the Jews answered saying, he will utterly slay them. So Jesus said, the servant of sin abideth not in the house forever. Meaning you all, there's a time limit on you. The house here is the earth. We're going to cut you off from the earth. But the sun abideth forever. The sun means that which is a direct descendant of the originator. We're going to abide on the earth forever. But this new man that came, there's a time that he's got to go. And that's why it's written in the book that God is going to destroy them and leave them neither root nor branch. This is real now. Let's go on. Let's go on. He said, if the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Now, Jesus was the only one who could free these Jews from the judgment of God that they would be able to abide in the house with the son. So when they said, and I ain't never been in bondage to no man, meaning I've been free to raise hell ever since I've been out of the cave. Ain't nobody had me in check. Jesus said, yeah, 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 we know. But if, if the son sets you free, meaning if I free you from the nature in which you were made, you will be free indeed. And Jesus was the last prophet to the white race. And they rejected him. I'll get into that in the history of Jesus. We'll get that later on down the road. But here, listen to this. He said, I know that you are Abraham's seed, but you seek to kill me. Because my word has no place in you. What kind of word was Jesus speaking that those Jews, his word had no place in them? Now, this is anti-Semitism, doctor. I didn't make, I didn't write this book. This is the Bible, baby. Now look at Jesus talking. My word has no place in you. I speak that which I have seen with my father. Listen. And you do that which you have seen with your father. Now here's two fathers here now. Jesus got a father. And the Jews to whom he was speaking had a father. Yet Jesus said if the son free you, 
you free indeed. But look at what you're trying to do to a man that could free you from the curse of your father, Yakub. Look at this. Look at this. They answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. And look at what Jesus said. If you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. He said, but now you seek to kill me, a man that has told you the truth which I have heard of God. This Abraham did not do. You do the deed of your father. Now he's pinning them to the wall. Now look at the way they come back on Jesus. They said to him, look at the word. We be not born of fornication. What are you throwing up in Jesus' face here? Because Mary had a baby and you didn't see a man present. So you're going to accuse the offspring of Mary as being born of fornication. So the Jews hit him. In other words, your mother was playing around. See, they, them Jews were playing the dozen. <laughs> we be not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. Now they're taking it up on Jesus. No, no, no. Abraham is our father, and you and I have one father, and that is God. Now listen how Jesus come back. Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Even because you cannot hear my word. You are of your father, the devil. Now here the devil got some children. And these Jews that Jesus is talking to, evidently he recognized them as the children of the devil. Now look at Jesus. Now, now was Jesus anti-Semitic? Now they say he was a Jew. And he's telling some Jews that they are of the devil. Boy, the Anti-Defamation League would have railed on Jesus, wouldn't it? Look at this. He said, you are of your father, the devil. And the lust of your father, you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning. The father of this people was a murderer from the beginning. He said, and he abode not in the truth because there's no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. For he is a liar and the father of lies. Now look, look at this now, brothers and sisters. 
have you noticed anybody sleep? Mm-hmm. Start a little trumpet for the sleepy one. I'm almost finished. Now look at this. In the book of Revelation, this people is called the bloodshed. Some white people have studied themselves and they want to know what's wrong with us. That everywhere we go, we're killing not just animals, fish, birds. If we find a human being different from ourselves, we kill that human being. They don't need to do nothing. All they got to do is be in our way. Now, you and I grew up under this people. Now, look here, brother. I didn't grow up in the South. But when I got to be a young man, I told my mother, I want to go to school in the South, Ma. She said, why you want to go to the South? I said, I want to experience what my brothers and sisters down there have experienced all their lives. And look at how you grew up down there, brother. Some of you ran away to save your life. Sometimes your mother would put you on a train to Chicago because you had beat up the little white boy next door who called you a nigger and spat on you because you had new shoes for Easter and that uh, to say something else. And that fella, he didn't have no new shoes. So he hated you because you had new shoes and started trouble with you. He had killed black people because they could get a new car or wear a new suit or have a farm that produced good crops. Talk to me, brothers. You know that this man is a murderer. He don't give a damn about your life. He's not only a murderer, but he's a liar. He found you in the jungle with bones in your nose, climbing up on trees with the monkey. You Negroes ought to be glad I brought your black sorry self to America to civilize you. Yet you built the mansions in the South. You cooked this food. Your mother wearing uh, these burlap kind of clothes, but yet could take the silk and fashion a garment for Miss Ann to wear. You build a mansion, you build a White House, you build a Congress, you build everything this white man got, but yet he found you in the jungle. He's a liar. You were some of the most highly civilized people on this earth. You better hurry on up and believe it. Let's go to the book of Daniel.
You go home and get your Bible. Get into the book of Daniel. It's a book like Revelation. Difficult for the weak. Those who lack understanding. But it ain't difficult for the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Bear with me a minute. Well, I don't want to keep you too long. I mean, I know you get tired, brother. Oh, come on, Daniel. Where is you, Daniel? Oh, hell. Well, I, I, I'll say it, and then you go look it up. Oh, here is Daniel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, Daniel, let's talk to Daniel. Daniel said. First chapter, fifth verse. And the king, Nebuchadnezzar, spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and of the king's seed and of the princes, children in whom was no blemish but well-favored and skillful in all wisdom and cunning in knowledge and understanding science and such has had ability in them to stand in the king's palace and whom they, the Babylonians, might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank, so nourishing them three years that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. Now among these were of the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, unto whom the princes of the eunuchs gave them names. For he gave Daniel the name of Belshazzar. And to Hananiah he called him Shadrach. And to Mishael he called him Meshach. And to Azariah he called him a bad Negro. I mean a bad Negro. A bad Negro. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat. What was the king's meat that would defile Daniel? See, it's that slimy pig that the king was eating. And he wanted to feed the children of God on a meat that would sound their mental power and destroy their beauty appearance. Come on, Daniel. So you know, he put them boys in the fire of fun. What's the point? What's the Bible talking about? You think you're talking about some children of Israel back there? Some princes back there. Uh -huh. Talking about a royal people. 
kingly people. You can't build mansions without mathematics and science. You knew mathematics. You knew science. That's how you could help the white man build his world. He haven't built nothing in America without you. And if you look at the inventions that you came up with that have advanced America, you are the people. The book is talking about you. He defiles you with wine and strong drink and with hog mouth, chitlin, hatback, pig foot, hog brain. That's the king's meat. That's the white man's meat. But when you were back home, you didn't eat this kind of mess. He's a murderer. He's a liar. He's that from the beginning. What made him a murderer? How did he become a liar and a murderer in his nature? I'm almost there. The womb of the female. As I mentioned uh, in one of our classes a week or so ago, you know, they talk about the yellow brick road, what Dorothy was walking on. She's trying to find the Wizard of Oz. But the yellow brick road was the road that led, she thought, to where she wanted to go, but she really wanted to get back to Kansas. You need to get back to God. And right now, you've lost your way. You're a beautiful people, but you've lost your way. But in your heart, you want to get back to God. Beloved sisters, your womb is sacred. Your womb is the workshop of God. So the vaginal tract is the road to the womb. How can you defile the road that leads to the workshop of God? and then think that the workshop is going to produce the fruit that God would be pleased with. Do you follow what I'm saying? Wait, sister, you're sacred. Everything about you is sacred. It hurts me to listen to black comedians stand up talking so filthy about sex and putting the male and female and the natural inclination of us toward each other and the reproductive science in such a cheap, low-down way so that we think of ourselves as 
that came from the fallopian tube is there. But if it's not fertilized, it'll go right on back out in the menstrual cycle. But if that preacher is anointed with the Spirit, the Word of God will impregnate your mind and you will want to stay in that place. And that place where you stay, you call it church, but it is a wound that is to make you out of Satan into God again. That's what church is supposed to be. And if you look at the great cathedrals, they're built like this. But a bigger, wider area here, which is just like the fallopian tube, and the place where the eggs are. And the pastor comes out from here, he delivers the word, he says, this is it. I heard what I've been looking for. I may go out, but I'm coming back because this is a wound for me. And that's why most pastors want to make their church a firm resting place so that the people that join can hold on and stay there till the word of God can be ingrained in them that it starts producing a transformation. But if the church is a house of entertainment, you, you like entertainment, so you stay. Singing is wonderful. Music is great. And the preaching is good too. But they don't care if you don't sing. You came in switching like a young lady. And maybe they don't care. They pair you up with some others that just like you. It may be in the ministry. Maybe the choir director. So you're not being transformed into the people of God, and that's what you really come for. And that's why, as brothers in the ministry, see, you can't play with these people. Yeah, the women gonna love you, all right. I mean, that's natural. And they wanna do just what I said women do. They wanna console you. You get, get on home to your wife and let her do the console. But she's quite capable. If you be the man that she's looking for, she's quite capable of consoling. But of course, but of course, we can turn this into a playhouse. And a lot of times this is what's done. Because sisters, you fall in love with a man that's preaching the word, you see the spirit of God in him, and the first thing you want to do is offer yourself to that man's sex. And you start playing that kind of game, see? But that's wrong. You don't come here for that. You come here attracted by the word, and the word, when it get in your heart, it starts transforming you. And as you transform, you're not looking for no lame man to be somebody that's gonna seek to demand the beauty of your soul. You're looking for a man that's really of God. It don't mean he don't have faults. 
But it means that the beauty of him and the good of him is so good till the faults of him are minimized so you can still love him and you can still serve him. Yaakov preached among the dissatisfied. He learned everything that the schools had to offer by the time he was 18. And I'll tell you something, brothers and sisters. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, and when they keep you in college all these years, they're keeping you there for financial reasons. They won't even admit that the, the, the courses that you took in this college is acceptable in another college. They make you go all over that ground again. So it's, it's a financial thing. It's really to extract money out of you. But if they really wanted to, you could have your doctorate degree by the time you are 18 years of age if they understand that as the shortest distance between two points is a straight line that they can get right to the matter in education and move you right along so that the children will never feel unchallenged and, and lay around with nothing to do and get into difficulty because you're not taking them as fast as they really have the capacity to go. And it's not that the children have fought. We are holding them back by our ignorance. Yaku learned, studied, the life germ of the original man. And he saw in that life germ, there was a brown germ that was like dust. It had no form, it had no utility. It was there, but it was mastered by the docks out of the black germ, mastered the brown, so the brown could never really come out to give the black a challenge. So Yakub saw that if he could separate the brown germ from the black germ and graft it into its final stage, he could produce a new people with an inclination toward evil. And then by teaching them a system of tricks and lies, being unalike, they would attract the black man in a system of tricks and lies. Being unalike, they would attract the black man. And then by being a master of tricks and lies, they would deceive and divide the black man. And then they would conquer the black man and rule the black man until the coming of God. But in order to do this, they had to develop a birth control system. Sometimes you can produce a real dark child. I mean, you imagine all of them were black. Well, they produce a black child. But sometimes you produce one a little lighter. So the whole idea was, kill the darker, save the lighter. Now check this out. 
This man had a group of laborers. He had a minister, a doctor, a nurse, and a cremator. When they got ready to marry, if it was two real black ones, they'd take a sample of your blood and they'll tell you that the, your blood is not quite right, so you, you shouldn't marry. Right today, the white man is doing the same thing. Look at this. So when two real dark ones come up, you want that. And right now, in your thinking, from the white man, if you real black, you don't want no real black man. Talk to me. If you're real dark, you're searching for somebody a little light so that your baby won't be so black. Talk to me. And in your house, if you've got a dark child and you've got a light child, you favor the lighter one and you give the black one help. And when it goes out in the world, the world favors the lighter child and the world beats the hell out of the black child. And to this very hour, that thought is sitting right up in us. See, too black. I don't want a black thing like that. And you, you're supposed to be enlightened. Some of you sitting up in Islam for years and you sick as hell with that kind of thinking. You don't want nobody black. They too black. What the hell are you talking about? Somebody ought to slap you in the reality. You sound sick to be under this kind of teaching and thinking stupid like that. You want some high yell of somebody. Yeah, well, Farrakhan, you know, you, 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 you about like that. Yeah, but I married a woman darker than me, baby. And if they do my, bi uh, my biography, all my little girlfriends was black. And ugly, too. I knew when nobody gonna take them away from me. And I loved them. You see, my mama was a black woman. A real, real black woman. And she was so black and beautiful, so strong and wise. She made me honor and respect women because I couldn't put nothing over on stuff. So because I had a black mother and a real light father who was, you know, high yellow as they would call it, pretty boy, mama black and pretty, but he gonna play, see? Fine, I never saw him. He did nothing for me, but I thank Allah for him because I'm here. He's dead now, but I thank Allah for him. But all he did was put the seed in my mother. 
but my mother shaped me. And I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, this Dagon Yaqub was something. And when he got his people away from the mainland, I wish I could just take this teaching apart for you. He had to separate his followers because he couldn't make them into what he wanted to make them with as long as they were on the main land with the other blacks. So his teaching caused a lot of trouble. So finally he, he was spreading, his teaching was spreading. The king of Islam got very upset, you know. The king is not, we don't have kings, but the great one. And he, uh, so what, what, what kind of deal can we make? They will let me out, you know, me and my followers, and we'll go. And you help us to go. So they did. They rounded them all up, helped them to go, and they went to an island in the Aegean Sea. It's called Pilon, but the island is there called Patmos. In your Bible, in the book of John, or Revelation says, I, John, on the island of Patmos, for the word of the Lord. What was the word of the Lord? Let us make man. If you go back in the history, it's just too much. It's just too much. I, I better leave that alone. It took 200 years to make a brown man. But they had to kill the darker and save the lighter. The nurse, when the baby was coming, if it was a real dark child, she would cleverly stick a needle in the brain. If the mother was alert, they say, this is an angel baby. And take it and feed it to the cremator. This same system is going on today. I just want you to see what's happening to us and our children. See, it's happening to you, you dark skinned. You're pretty. You got something. But in this world, you're not the standard of beauty. The white woman is. Therefore, all light-skinned persons with a little curl in their hair, their lips not quite as thick, their nose not quite as flat, they become the standard of beauty among us. And the poor black one, she's always feeling like she's less. So in order to feel like you are as good, the men prey on your low self-esteem and you feel that in order to be accepted, you have to give yourself to the men that wanna use you. And so black women are played with and prayed on 
the lighter skin sister, sometimes she thinks more of herself than she should. Especially if she got a little hair. She got what white folks think is good hair. I don't know when hair had a moral quality to it. You know? My hair is short and nappy, but it's bad. But your hair long and straight or curly is good. Mm -mm. Hair is hair. When you go to the Koreans and ask them for your weeds and your extensions, you know what I'm talking about. They got it any way you want it. It's hair. You got my weave today? Some of you breaking your neck, trying to, trying to be white. It's all right. But you once had long hair. That's why you buying hair and have it all the way down on the floor. You walking, carrying your head. Your hair wasn't nappy. Look at your eyebrows. See how straight your eyebrows are. That's the way your hair once was. But we'll teach you by what Allah taught the Honorable Elijah Muhammad about the origin of kinky hair and the purpose for it. I mean, you're just a wonderful people. You just need a greater knowledge. So look, whatever happened on Pilon, Pilon or Patmos, I'll put Patmos, which is the way it's called now, and I'll put Pilon. These two was this. It was a womb. And let me tell you something, sister. When you are pregnant, you have to be careful what you allow to go on around what's growing inside of you. Because what's going on in the environment will mark what you're building in the womb. So if murder and lying was going on on the island of Pilon, it took 200 years, the messenger says, to bring forth a brown man. And when they were made, some of them would leave the island they took up residence, what you call now Japan. The Japanese are the brown people. Chinese are called the yellow people. Another 200 years of murder, killing the darker, saving the lighter, marrying the lighter on to the lighter to keep on producing lighter. 200 more years, you had a yellow civilization. Some of them left the island of Pilon and they started populating parts of Asia that is called China. 200 more years, giving you 600 years, they had a white man. He was pale, pale skin, weak bones, stale face, 
Caucasian, that's what it means. Caucasian means weak bone, weak blood, stale face, with a leaning toward evil. If you rear them under righteousness, they'll be right, but always you gotta watch that link. made man. And that's why the Bible says Adam was made from the dust of the earth. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that dust is a particle of matter. It had no form and no purpose until form was given to it and purpose was given to it. The brown germ in the black man was there. It had no purpose, so it's called dust. But Yaqub gave it form gave it expression. And what was born from that island was what we call devil. A people inclined to evil. A people that are liars and murderers by nature. That don't mean they all do this. That's the nature. And that's why white people today, they really don't understand their own wickedness. They came here, the Native Americans took them in, gave them corn and showed them how to farm and whatnot. What, how did they treat the Native Americans? They killed them. They used germ warfare on them. Gave them blankets that had smallpox in it. Why? Why are you going to do this to a people that befriended you? Because you are a liar and a murderer. A devil. Africa. Asia. Wherever they went on the, on the earth. They found people there. After they found them, they deceived them. They killed them and made them slip. Am I lying? That's his name. Now he got you and me. Brought our fathers out of Africa. He's a liar. He's a murderer. What has he made up? When you open your mouth, we ask you anything, man, hard. First thing you do is lie. Right now, your mouth is bent like that. This is the truth down here. But we gotta chase this crookedness till we get the straight of things. You can't help yourself. And now, you've become a murderer. You driving by, killing your brother. What did your brother do? Well, he ain't, he ain't in my fine. He ain't my family. You understand? He's a crip. I'm a blood. He's an El Rooker. I'm a gangster this time. See? 
The enemy has divided you all against yourself. And now he don't even have to come and kill us. We're busy killing each other. You have become what he is, a devil. I think I should stop here. I want to put one more thing on the board. And then I think we call it a day. Would you erase that, brother? It's good. Now, if you want to know what an enemy is, an enemy is an opponent and an adversary that will rob you of what God intends for you. Now, I want you to look at this. Let's divide the world. On this side, we say we have Allah. On this side, we have Satan. We're dealing with positive and negative. So I use the minus over here and the plus over here. Allah makes us into God. So under Allah, I will have God. And Satan makes us into little Allah intended for all of humanity to live under freedom. The enemy has made humanity slavery or slavery, right? God wants us to enjoy justice. But under Satan, we're experiencing injustice. Under God's law of birth, life, and death, all things are made equal. So God wants us to enjoy equality. But under Satan, we have in equality. Mm. God is the author of and desires for us to love. Love him, love each other. But under Satan, it's hate. God wants us to have peace. But under Satan, it's war. God wants us to be happy. But living over here, we've experienced nothing but grief.
God wants us to have unity. And all we've experienced is what? This unity. Just a couple more. God wants us to see ourselves as brothers in a brotherhood. Oh, I'm almost down at the bottom, see? Satan, you can't even see yourself as brothers, right? So I say, no brotherhood. Although you join the Masons, you join the Elks, you join all these organizations, Alpha, Delta, all these sororities to try and find what? Brotherhood. You can't get along among your sisters and you ain't getting along among your brothers but Satan is busy in all of this. And lastly, under God, I'll put it out here, he wants us to be in submission But under Satan, we are in absolute rebellion. Whose children are we? If you have this, you are with Allah. You have a positive life. And you're beginning to grow into this under him because you've submitted to Allah. But if Satan has become our master, we have become not little gods, but little what? There's a beautiful young lady playing out in front of her door the other night. Minding her own business, a car comes along and runs her down and runs away. And little Samantha's dead today. There was a little girl in the project, 11 years old. Now I think she might have been eight or nine then. And this man took her into his apartment and brutally raped her and poured all kind of mess in the child. Now she's in terrible shape, but she's alive. White man didn't do it to her. He's one of us that did it. What have we become? We have suffered under slavery, injustice, inequality. And you hate yourself. You hate your blackness. You hate your origin in the world. And we are at war with ourselves, with our neighbors. 
with each other. And instead of happiness, we're grieving because we're losing every day something of value. We need unity, but we are like the dry bones in the valley, disunited. We have no brotherhood. And even though you know what is right, we rebel against what is right. So in conclusion, he said, I send you to a rebellious house. Impudent, stiff-necked, and hard-hearted people. That's you and me. But brothers, sisters, I thank Allah that he came to us. And now we have come to the end of the rule of the Caucasian. And we see on the horizon the second Adam, a new original man. Honorable Elijah Muhammad taught us that the scientists couldn't write the 25,000 year history because they saw one coming whose countenance was so bright till it blinded them they couldn't see. So they said, seal up the book and write no more because eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man to perceive or conceive what lies beyond the end of the white man's world. There's a new God with a new wisdom. He's the original man of a brand new reality. That's why the question is asked, who is? Not who was. Who is the original man? The new black man. He's the maker. He's the owner. He's the cream of the planet. And if he stays in the class, he'll become a god of the universe. A new Adam, a second Adam. It's your time, black man and woman. Revelation has come to you, black man and woman. It's up to you. What do you want to do? You want to stay with Satan? Or do you want to come on and let's go to God and let him make us into a brand new people, the wisest and the most beautiful that have ever been on this earth. And I close by saying to you, I thank Allah for the day that I met the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. I met a man whom I know is the original man, the second Adam, that was not made of the dust of the earth, but was made of a quickening spirit. I know I met a man who does not have to beget. He don't have to use sperm to produce a son. It's the word that came out of his mouth that produced a giant. So he neither beget the one present and neither was he the originator begotten. 
here we are. I hope that Allah will bless me to be able to come back again next week, which is Easter Sunday. And next Sunday, I want to skip over Moses for a minute. And next Sunday, we want to devote to Jesus. I want to talk to you about this man. Because when you know his history, you're free. Jesus will be my subject. And next week, we're going to talk about Easter. I want you, if you're buying a new clothes, you're buying anything new, I wouldn't waste my money if I was you. Because the white man is always giving you a holiday so he can make some more money on our ignorance. Next week, same time, same station. If you come back, if you come back, How come he died on a Friday and rose on Sunday morning? Is that three days? What time on Friday did he go to the cross? From Friday to Saturday, 24 hours. From Saturday to early Sunday morning, you didn't even make 48 hours. How come you say he was in the grave three days? Tell me something, tell me something, tell me something. My mama died November the 18th, 1988. So every year, November the 18th, 1988, to now, I think about my mama's death. Well, if Jesus died on a certain day, how come the day moves around? Sometime it's in March. Sometime it's in April. What are you doing, Christian? Do you really understand what you're doing? Is this, does this have to do with the vernal equinox? Sometimes it comes in March. Sometimes it comes in April. Well, the vernal equinox has to do with the sun and its relationship to the earth. Could it be that Christmas comes around the winter solstice? And Easter comes around the time of the vernal equinox. Could it be that sun worship, S-U-N worship, pagan worship, has been introduced into the true worship of God and the true knowledge of Jesus Christ? Now, you better get back here next Sunday. And the only thing I require, the only thing I require, if you come back with your beautiful self, that you bring somebody with you when you come.
And when you go home today, if you can't explain this to mom or dad, don't worry about it. Don't even try. But look how long I was up here. And you're going to go home and give mama the short version. Well, what does this sound like to you? Doesn't it sound like revelation, man? And you know what? When you go among white people and you look at them, study them now. Don't be skinning and grinning. Be serious. Go on your job tomorrow. Don't say nothing. Just start watching things. Be sure to be on time. Don't let them fire you, brother. We need the gig for now. You know what I mean? So hold on to your little job. But when you get there tomorrow, don't tell them where you've been. Just check them out carefully. And if you stay quiet and stop acting foolish, telling them nasty jokes, talking about your sister that worked there and what you'd like to do to her, or the white girl that's in the cubby hole around the corner, what you'd like, cut all that out. And just get quiet for a minute and watch what he does. Just watch. Just get quiet. And maybe bring a book or a paper or something, because he ain't never seen you reading nothing. Bring, bring something that you're going to read. And watch it. Uh, Sam, what is that you reading, man? He want to know, are you getting something in your head that's going to take you away from him? Watch him. Watch him. You too, sister. Stop running there telling all your business to the white woman. Honey, this what you do this weekend, Sadie? Oh, baby, I went here and I went there, honey, and what a time we had. You know that fine-looking man I was telling you about last week? Well, honey, we got it on. Shut your mouth. Let's go on, on your job and be quiet. And watch the white woman come. Sadie... Is, is there something wrong? I mean, you've been so quiet, Sadie. Never noticed you like this before. Oh, I just got a lot on my mind. Now she want to find out what's on your mind. And if you start acting like you got sense, they're going to keep probing until they find out that you've been to visit Farrakhan. Huh. And then the word gonna spread. See, because one thing about this, this is like drugs. And you get a hit, you know what I mean? And you get some good stuff, you know what I mean? You don't wanna smoke that alone. You know what I mean? You find your best buddy. Come on, man, I got some stuff. I got some stuff. Man over there is bad. His stuff is the joint, man. Come on. Come on, dog. I got it. So here's what I want you to do. This week, you go and get your buddy. Tell him, look, man, I went someplace. I heard something. That man kept me there. Don't tell him how long I kept you. Cause they may not want to come because they ain't used to stay in no place more than a half hour. If it's church, you got to sing, you got to dance, you got to shout. 
and preach short. 15 minutes and and, 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 and you gotta get into your, your hooping, you know, hoop a little bit. So if you tell them, you know what I mean, that man kept you here two and a half, three hours, I ain't, I ain't got time, man. Just tell them, I want you to hear what I heard, man. And get them and bring them. So I see you next week, it's Easter Sunday. And I want to talk to you so that from this day forward, you won't be out on no Easter egg hunt. Not a bunny rabbit laying a chicken egg. But y'all go ahead with your madness, you know what I mean? But if you really want to grow into wisdom, you be back here next Sunday. And if Allah spares my life, I'm going to be here with you. Love you much and I thank you so much. Assalamu alaikum. Mother and father of the young girl is Father. Um, may, I, may I get your attention for one minute, please? Sister Charlene Saunders, the mother of little Samantha, who was killed by a hit-and-run driver last Thursday, is here with us today. Where's my sister? Mother. <laughs> 